This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Third Sunday of Advent A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to release to the prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord and day of vindication by our God. I rejoice heartily in the Lord, in my God is the joy of my soul, for he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and wrapped me in a mantle of justice. Like a bridegroom adorned with a diadem, like a bride bedecked with her jewels, as the earth brings forth its plants and a garden makes its growth spring up, so will the Lord God make justice and praise spring up before all the nations. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm My soul rejoices in my God. My soul rejoices in my God. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. My soul rejoices in my God. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. My soul rejoices in my God. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy. My soul rejoices in my God. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Test everything, retain what is good, refrain from every kind of evil. May the God of peace make you perfectly holy, and may you entirely, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will also accomplish it. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony, to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, Who are you? He admitted, and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, What are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. 
Are you the prophet? He answered, No. And they said to him, Who are you so we can give an answer to those who sent us? What do you have to say for yourselves? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord. As Isaiah the prophet said, Some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but there is one among you whom you do not recognize, the one who is coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, today we have a wonderful day in the sense that the third Sunday of Advent is called Gaudete or Rejoice Sunday. Uh, People will be lighting their rose-colored candles. Uh, Of course, that is the liturgical color to signify joy. And what a wonderful way, kind of in this middle of this Advent, to take just a pause from our reflections and our preparation and remember how much joy that we do have in our lives and in the fact that uh, Christmas season is coming And really, that's what we see in the readings today with the book of the prophet Isaiah, this joy that we see. Um, You know, the prophet's mission here, uh, especially towards the end, as as people, the Israelites, were returning from the Babylonian exile, I mean, his mission was to proclaim liberty and release to them, announcing the year of the Lord's favor. And this was really in fulfillment of Leviticus 25, those verses 8 through 55. And that's really what we see in the beginning of this uh, of this reading today, how he proclaims liberty to the captives, release to the prisoners, a day of vindication. And and that really is that first section of rejoice. But then there's a whole bunch of missing verses. So if you look in your missalettes today, you'll see that we're actually missing verses three through nine. And in those verses, God gives, or Isaiah gives details about what God is going to accomplish as part of this rejoicing. He's going to rebuild their cities. He's going to return their wealth, give them land, bring joy to their lives again. And then that's after those missing verses, that's where we get the fact that God presents this image of marriage, of him being this eternal covenant between God and and the Israelites. He's going to be like a bridegroom adorned with a diadem, like a bride bedecked with her jewels. And and what I love about this is he fulfills that covenant when Christ comes to earth and says in Luke 4.21, he says, Jesus reads the beginning of this paragraph or this passage, and then he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your presence, if you remember that. So God is going to commit to his covenant, he's going to bring this liberty, and he's going to bring joy to the his chosen people. Yes, yeah, he, we hear those words. Uh, I rejoice heartily in the Lord. In my God is the joy of my soul. And of course, Isaiah isn't talking about joy in the terms of simple delight that we fi- find in worldly things. He is talking about a holy joy. And holy joy can only be found in God. Holy joy evokes within us a desire to love our neighbors as ourselves. Holy joy gives us strength to live as Christians, loving God and loving neighbor as ourselves. Holy joy is made manifest when, in the spirit of Christian charity, we reach out to benefit another person, or when we benefit from those who reach out to us. 
Holy joy is a gift of the Holy Spirit embedded in our hearts. It moves us with compassion to respond to the needs of others and in doing so, realize our full potential as human beings. Now, Kevin, think of an orchestra. Each instrument is capable of making beautiful music all by itself, but that's nothing when compared to the music that's created by an entire orchestra. And that's how it is with us. We are beautiful and loved by God just as we are, but we realize our full potential when we donate our talents to benefit the mystical body of Christ through our prayers, our works, and our treasures. From all eternity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have poured themselves out into each other in an infinite act of love. God is love. But in order for there to be love, there must be a beloved. God has revealed himself to mankind in the loving relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he created human beings in his image and to share in that relationship. Developing an awareness of the part that we're each called to play in God's grand symphony of creation gives us balance and helps us focus on finding our fulfillment, our joy in the service of others. Yeah, I love that idea of that interconnectedness and that symphony. That is just a beautiful idea on how we indeed as people need to have that interconnectedness and bring that charity and joy and bring our talents forward. Into the mystical body of Christ. Yeah, it's a beautiful analogy. Thank you. Oh, and I want to go right on to the second reading. So we have a reading now from St. Paul to the Thessalonians. And St. Paul is writing this letter to a small community of early Christians, and they're trying to live their faith in the midst of a pagan culture. Yes, he is. And I really get two things out of this. I I see this little line here, pray without ceasing. And (laughs) And I'm trying to think of how often I get you know, carried away with worldly desires or things I have to do. And, and, and what does pray without ceasing look like? And uh, so I thought I would would uh, call on uh, St. Jerome. <laughs> and, and he gives, I think, a beautiful example of what this looks like. He says, constant prayer will help a person to strive to put St. Paul's advice into practice. The apostle commands us to pray at all times. For the saints, sleep itself is a prayer. Nevertheless, we should set out particular times of prayer that if we become absorbed in our work, the timetable of our day will remind us to fulfill our duty. So I, I can't imagine just think sleep itself is a prayer, right? That's what thing to, to strive for. But I love the idea of setting that timetable, you know, at noon, say, to pray the Angelus or three o'clock to say a little prayer, you know, our, our prayers at our meals and, and how important it is, I think, to set aside those times. Well, yeah. And this is where the morning offering comes in. You know, I love that um, with folks are coming in through the RCIA and to, all, you know, to, to introduce this concept to them by starting off your day by praying the morning offering and it makes everything. Everything, you know, our thoughts, our words, our actions, our joys and our sorrows, everything that we experience during the day, we're able to turn that into a prayer by, yes. by, yeah, by starting our day. And an offering, way. isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and maybe that gives us help to help uh, understand the next part. Test everything retain what is good and you know of course in this these craziness of these times these days you know I, I think for when I was preparing this I thought well what is what is good? Good for whom? Uh, good for what? Uh, you know, I think a lot of people would say, well, retain what is good. Well, that must mean retain what is true. Of course, then you need to then discern what is true. Make a judgment on what is true and what is false. And and I think 
that means that we have to make certain that we're in the spirit of the Lord when we make these discernments and judgments. Because am I in the spirit of the Lord or am I in the spirit of ego? Am I in the spirit of power? Am I in the spirit of maybe despair? How important that is. And and I maybe don't, I guess I don't really have an answer uh, for you know this retainment of what is true. But I do remember in John 14 where Christ says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me, except through me. And so maybe that is the sp- how you get in the Spirit of the Lord is to realize Christ is the truth and look to Christ as our example. And this is the importance of having a well-formed conscience and, ha- mm, and, and yes. being educated in the faith so that you can make those judgments. Yes, that's exactly true. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and finish with the gospel today. Oh, yeah. So we are hearing from the Gospel of John. And let's just want to make sure we keep this straight. This is the uh, John the Apostle who's writing this Gospel. And he's writing about John the Baptist. And you know, it was even possible that John the Apostle knew or at least knew of John the Baptist. And sacred scripture gives us a pretty detailed image of who John the Baptist John the Baptist was, and he described how he lived in the desert. He wore camel skins and he ate locusts and wild honey. And now taken at face value, that sort of man might be discounted as an eccentric and would not likely catch the attention of prominent religious leaders in the community. And yet there they were asking John the Baptist if he was Elijah or even the Messiah. So what was it? What was it about John the Baptist that drew them there? Largely curiosity, but more specifically, a curiosity about the message that John was preaching. John the Baptist spoke the truth. He wasn't concerned about appealing to the sensitivities of his listeners, and he wasn't concerned about backlash for delivery of an unpopular message of repentance. He was on a godly mission, and he would eventually give his own life to fulfill that mission. And and I think the question is very important. Are you Elijah? Because the prophet Malachi foretold that Elijah would make final preparations for the arrival of Israel's messianic Lord. And he says, I am not Elijah. But how do you compare that to when Christ said in Matthew chapter 11, if you are willing to accept it, he, John the Baptist, is Elijah who is to come. So what we realize, I think, just in summary here is John is not Elijah necessarily come again in the flesh, but he does fulfill his mission in spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.